Welcome back. I believe this is episode 19 of the Jayan Sutras portion of Edward Reeb's Buddhist Books podcast. And uh, apologies uh, to those on the podcast who are listening and not seeing for the entire first 10 minutes of yesterday's episode. If you do have a chance and a little bit of time uh, to check out the first 10 minutes of that, um, was that yesterday? No. No, that was the day before. Was it the day before? Yeah, it was the day before. Uh, episode 17, where I show off my new uh, Buddhist books uh, bookshelf. I went through with a fine-tooth comb, because you remember there was that one that was missing, the human traits, um, human types. Uh, probably a little strange, maybe a little bit dated, you might say. Who knows? I'm looking forward to finding out uh, with you. And, um, and, and I noticed that there was actually one other book that was missing of the Jataka. There's three books. The first book is volumes one and two. The third book is volumes uh, five and six. And there was no book two, so I, I wrote and politely but firmly requested that they send them to me for free to rectify their error. You know, as, as talking to the British, you have to be polite but firm. You know, don't want to be a pushover, but you don't want to be low class. You know, not that I buy into all that crap, but you know. You have to know who you're talking to and uh, adjust accordingly. You don't have to, but it, it, it helps at times, um, depending on the situation, right? Anything else? Yeah, no. So while I was doing that and going through and sorting, I noticed I had two or three books in the, uh, where am I pointing? Over here and down here in the uh, in among the 5th century common era commentaries that actually belonged in the Tripitaka Tipitaka, excuse me um, and uh, then there was one the thin one that said uh, uh, stories, the story of Gautama Buddha actually belonged among the commentaries the Jataka itself tells the story of Gautama Buddha but then there's a commentary written by Bodhagosa, I think, or some one of those guys that is like an abridged version, like, a, I don't know. We'll get to it when we get to it, and we'll determine at that time if we are going to read it as part of this series. It's short. Maybe at that time, after a whole bunch of Mahayana Sutras, um, we'll, it'll be nice to jump back into some Theravada, even if it's a commentary written after those, Mah those earlier Mahayana Sutras. Anyway, um, how are you guys? I hope you're doing okay. All right, I guess uh, we'll get right to it. Uh, but first, let's say a little prayer for Netflix. Um, they're not doing too well. They're one of the few that are willing to go against, you know, overtly go against the wishes of the Chinese Communist Party, so I'm a fan. You know, you don't find that in uh, in among media. But that whole Squid Game thing, where they were talking about how North Koreans who defect and go back to China get sent back to North Korea, and they were talking about organ harvesting, but they didn't directly say that it was China doing it. But still, they 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 did two buzz things that would have been canceled. Um, and I, I believe Squid Games was immensely popular in China, but they had to pirate it or use a VPN to watch it. So, you know, that alone makes me a fan of these guys, even though 
it's not really popular to be a fan of any big corporation these days. But um, that and, uh, you know, with all the Marvel movies, not to, I'm not on that uh, Martin Scorsese bandwagon of, it's not cinema. Like, it technically is cinema. You know, some of it's good. I, you know, I watch it. But, uh, but it's nice to go on Netflix and find these, like, random Norwegian dubbed or subtitled or Polish or, you know, they've got so many things on there that are, that are like these up-and-coming directors and writers, friends of mine. That, uh, that I knew when I was working in the industry. I'll recognize their names. Or uh, the sister of uh, someone I went to high school with, uh, Lori Fortier, shout out, um, is in like three of these things. And uh, writers and people that like, I'm like, hey, hey that, they were a temp. I trained them to that. Ah, okay, cool. Um, all these people getting work and getting, and getting to get their ideas out there. They aren't always the best ideas. A friend of mine uh, was one of the producers of Glitch. You remember Glitch? Did you see that? It's one of those ones where the dead come back to life. It's like a subgenre on Netflix where it's like sort of zombie. Sorry, this isn't Buddhism or Jainism related, but I'll, I'll stop soon. But my point is where they used to experiment with movies. You used to like every few months there'd be a movie that comes out in the theater. That you'd be like, oh, that's an interesting new idea. But it doesn't happen anymore. Very rarely. Or if it does... Yeah, it's like a new idea, but it's a, a hash up of a bunch of other things or they got someone, you know, it's so I I don't know, even though usually things don't last more than a season or at the most three seasons, even if they're good, uh, they're just like, no, oh, it doesn't have the numbers. You know, we we won't do a fourth season of it. And so you're left hanging, wondering what was going to happen. But then again, on the other hand, the writers probably had no idea what was going to happen. And they were just kind of sitting there going, well, we'll see if it gets approved. And if it gets approved, then I'll think about what to do with the story, the plot, the characters. But until then, I'm on vacation, you know. And so, you know, they weren't perfect. And when people criticize the shows, I hear what they're saying. But it's nice to have some, like, criticizable shows. I mean, what am I saying? I, the, the, the stuff on Apple, the stuff on HBO, like, yeah, you can criticize it. But it's, like, well thought out. You know, someone had a, a, an entire arc of a story and they're going to tell it in ten seasons or eight seasons. Where with the stuff on Netflix, they're just, like, winging it. They're just like, oh, let's tell a story about a, a bunch of high school kids and the world ends and go. You know, and, uh, eh, you know, I'm into that. So I hope they don't go down the drain all the way is what I'm saying. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, they just uh, their their stock just plummeted 40 percent, which is a lot. That's like if you have a glass that's half full and you drink almost half of it, that's what's left of them. So, little prayer, little moment of silence. All right. Anyway. Okay, that's our silliness for uh, for this episode. Let's get to this. Remember? Oh, uh, at the end of last episode, I said Cat or Vistara, but it's not. It's Cat or Vistava, like like Java, but Tava. Cat or Visa, but it's not or, it's er. Cat or Tis Tava. Cat or, cat or Tis Tava. Remember? Cat or Visa, Tis Tava. Let's do this. Tirta and Tirtankara. I'm glad they're going to talk about this because I was wondering. These are the 23rd and 24th 
Tirtankaras. And you remember, uh, well, this, this sutra from uh, yesterday um, is saying, bowing, paying obeisance to the, uh, is that how you say that? To the 24 Tirtankaras. Right? So what is a Tirtankara? Let's talk about this. Maybe that's what they're going to go into. Hopefully. All right. The Katartistava Sutra mentions a phrase, Dhamma Titayare Jine, where the term Dhamma refers to the spiritual practices that can uplift the soul trapped in a lowly state to its higher, pristine form. The term Tirta means Ford. Hmm. All right. Or that spiritual channel with the help of which we can cross this ocean of life. Ford. Okay. It's a word I don't know. I only knew Henry and uh, a few others. And like Brave New World and Makar. But Ford is apparently a word. If you haven't heard me mention this before, if you're jumping in in the middle, ah, that's something I forgot. If this is your first time seeing me, click here instead to start at the beginning of the playlist with episode one of Dhammapada. If you're here for the Jainism, but you're a little confused about what it's doing on a Buddhist books podcast, then click here and start with episode one of that playlist, episode one of the Jain Sutras recital on the Buddhist books podcast, and it'll explain all that. Anyway, but if you didn't take that advice... Um, then I was saying something and I forgot what it was. Oh yeah, um, I've mentioned many times before that in India, a lot of words are in use, day, daily use by people who speak English fluently here. Um, amongst each other, they keep these words alive. Uh, it, what we might call a wardrobe or an armoire for being fancy, they call an almira. And I say, a what? And they say, that's an English word. And I say, it is. And then I look it up and they say, yes, it's an English word that is no longer in use except for in India. Oh, well, there you go. Um, so it's an Indian English word now. Uh, or, or in like a 19th, early 19th century British English word that probably was never used in America. So being from America, I notice quite often when people say, yes, it was a real boon. And I'm like, a what? Okay, look that up. I vaguely remember it from literature, reading something, a Jane Austen novel about a boon or, or in an old religious document. But yeah, it was a real boon. And I know there's a lot of people that, are, that went to college for six years that are like, oh, it was ignoramus. Yeah, I... I didn't go to college, sorry. I, I missed a lot of uh, big words. I did okay on my SATs. So there you have it. I am a rube, I am an ignoramus, and I'm uh, not a scholar. But So there you have it. That's, that's what you're dealing with. Um, but yeah, these words are in uh, regular daily usage here. Ford. I'm going to look into that. I even Googled it, and I thought maybe I was missing something. But no, Google's like, yeah, Ford. You mean Henry Ford or this other Ford, or you mean the car? So I'm going to, I'm going to look a little deeper, because there is a usage of Ford that I don't know about. All right, a Ford. It sounds vaguely familiar. I mean, like, fjord? I know fjord. A Ford, a way across a stream. All right, all right. Can you afford it? Sorry. Let's get to it. This is a little bit of a silly one. I apologize. It happens. 
<sighs> All right. The do to do. Let's figure out what we're where we were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that uh, the Ford. It means Ford. Tirta means Ford. Tirtankara means Ford something. All right. We're learning. At least I am. Maybe some of you are too. Akarya Nami writes in Pratikramana Sutra Padavivti. Um, oh, by the way, those watching from the future who didn't start watching this until after I died, boom! <laughs> Just fucking with you. Okay. Durga Tau Prapana. Excuse me. Prapatantamatmanam, new word, Darayatiti, Dharma, hyphen, Tiryatenana, iti, Tirtam, Dharma, Eva, Tirtam, Dharam, Tirtam. Back to the English. Quote, the true Tirta, or Ford, is that which helps us cross the ocean of the world and uplift us from degradation. I even did a whole like article about the Ford logo, and I didn't even key into that Ford has a meaning beyond being, it being the name, a surname. But yeah, surnames usually have meanings, don't they? Why didn't I look a little further into that? Apparently mine, Reeb, means to rub. So I guess uh, my ancestors were professional rubbers. I don't know. Um, anyway, and those who establish these religious fords or Dharma Tirtas, religious fords, the imagery that comes to mind. People always put like uh, maybe, you know, there or wherever, I don't know, I, I'm assuming where you're watching from. I don't know where you're watching from. Maybe you're in India. If you're Navi and Maha, you're down the street. Hi. So you guys know. But uh, talking to the others, people put like religious things. Like you can tell when you get in a taxi, you just look at the, you know, look in a few key places and you know if the driver is Muslim or if they're Hare Krishna or they're Jainist or, they're, you know, like they just which God is there, which symbols, which, you know, things like that. There was one time uh, we were in Thailand and we were in a taxi and I, I was noticing there's like all these colorful mosques and I was like... Oh, there sure are a lot of Muslims in Thailand, but the, the mosques are really colorful. And P was like, shh, that's Priel. Because uh, she was like pointing to symbols and, you know, drivers Muslims. Stop talking about Muslims. I'm like, oh, well, I wasn't saying anything bad. I was just saying there were a lot of them. I mean, more than I expected. I don't know how many I expected. I didn't really know what to expect from Thailand. I knew there were Buddhists, but beyond that, anyway. All right, the 24, okay, doodly-doo. Uh, the religious fords such as nonviolence and truth are known as tirtankaras. Religious fords like nonviolence and truth are known as tirtankaras. This is the 23rd tirtankara. This is the 24th tirtankara. Still confused. Okay, well, let's keep reading. Um, all the 24 Tirtankaras have worked towards the establishment of religion and vows of nonviolence and truth in their eras, bringing back the misguided masses onto the path of religion. So, religious forts. So, Dharma Tirtas are known as Tirtankaras. Tirtankara is another way of saying Dharma Tirta, which means religious ford, but also means these guys. 
but also refers to things like nonviolence. Okay, well, that's what we got so far. Maybe more clarity will come. All right, um, these Tirtankaras have uh, are the enlightened souls who have conquered passions and karmic bondages. Thus, they are known as jinas or victors. Victory over whom? Over passions, attachment, aversion, and the eightfold karmas. Ragadvesa kasayendriya parisahopasargasta prakaram excuse me, karakar majetrtvajina. That was all one word, at least the one that started with pari, never mind. That came from the Pratikramana Sutra Padavivriti, for those taking notes. Okay, next section. Tirtankaras, the ideal of greatness. The Jaina religion is not a religion of Godhead but of faith in Tirtankaras. It does not believe in an indirect and unseen God. Okay, all right. So Jesus came to India, was trained by Jainists, went back and thought to himself, how can I introduce Jainism to the Hebrews? Hmm. And then he just went ahead and did it, and then afterward they were like, aha, he was the incarnation of the unknowable Godhead. So Judaism plus Jainism, the baby, is early Christianity. And then that plus Constantine, never mind. Okay, that's just, I'm just talking, I'm not being serious. A little, but not really. Okay, it uh, questions the establishment of an imaginary unseen divine force as an ideal before us. Oh, mm, questions it. So they're atheists? Oh. Uh, for human beings, an ideal Satan... Excuse me, that wasn't in the text. That just burst out of my face. For human beings, an ideal or a god to revere can only be one who has lived a human life. Mm-hmm. Uh, who has experienced joys and sorrows like a human who has conquered emotions by his spirituality and intuition, oh, uh, and who has moved ahead like a determined aspirant until the goal of liberation was attained. The Jaina Tirtankaras fall under this category. Which category? They were not divine or extraordinary from the beginning, Luke uh, they were also mortals like us, but by the power of their spiritual practices, they attained liberation and eternal divinity. Thus, their way of life gives us a picture of gradual and methodical evolution and success. On the topic, I'd like to see Kundun on Netflix. 
I know the uh, that Disney has buried it and probably owns the rights to distribution and have like sworn an oath to you know the Communist Party in China that they will never uh, allow distribution outside of that one Blu-ray and YouTube. Apparently, you can find it on YouTube right here. I recommend watching it after this episode if you have time. If you haven't seen it, the Dalai Lama's niece plays the Dalai Lama's mother. I mean. His niece in real life plays his mother in the movie. Right. Anyway, so he was involved is what I'm saying. I'd like to see more uh, Tibetan Tantric Buddhism on uh, Netflix is what I'm saying. If you're going to piss off the Chinese Communist Party anyway, you might as well go all the way. Because nobody else is doing it. Hollywood just has been pretending Tibet doesn't exist for 30 years. Just something to think about. Something to think about, Netflix. Don't worry, I'm not talking to you guys. I'm actually hoping to legitimately talk directly to Netflix with that. If you know anyone who works there, you can forward this to them. Flowers and prayer. Really? Is that where we are? Okay, flowers and prayer. I was actually thinking of bringing a flower into this. Hey, don't fall on the ground. I've got all my shells on my Christianity shrine because, you know, age of Pisces you guys a little little fake rose there okay flowers and prayer the the Katarvisa Tistava Sutra contains the space comma space word no comma I'm just teasing you guys Virayan Virayatan I appreciate the book but some typos. And I guess Ford's not a typo. I am a typo. Anyway, uh, the Kator Visa Tistava Sutra contains the word Mahaya, Mahia, which means venerable. There is no argument here because all great souls are venerable for us. So if the Akaryas are venerable, the Upadhyayas, Sadhus, and surely the Tirtankaras are venerable too. In fact, the Tirtankaras are more worthy of worship. The Akaryas have made a twofold classification of worship Dravya Puja and Bhava Puja. Dravya Puja is worshiping with objects, uh, and the latter is worshiping with feelings. Okay. To distract the body and speech from external objects and immerse it in worshiping the Lord, not that Lord, silly, these guys, anyway, is Dravya Puja. And to distract the mind from external bodily enjoyments and dedicate it at the master's feet is Bhava Puja. Feet are down here, so... Um, ow. Uh, the scholars of the Svetambara and Digambara traditions are in agreement on this. Presumably two different schisms of Jainism. It's been, what, 100,000 years? They're surely going to have one or two schisms. Um, to worship, one needs flowers. Although I think Mahavir is like credited with like establishing what we now know as the religious tradition 
of Jainism, but the Tirthankaras and the practice of asceticism and nonviolence and some kind of the general, you know, backbone structure of of the tradition that he came from, that kind of Jainism was around before him. So maybe, maybe I'm full of BS. Um, anyway, uh, la la la, where were we? Um, yes, to worship one needs flowers. How can a devotee worship his Lord without an offering of flowers? It is in this context that Akarya Haribhadra tells us which flowers to choose. Uh, Ahimsa Satyam Mastayam Brahmacharya Masangata. There's more. Um, Guru Bhaktira Tapo Nyanam, Nyanam, excuse me, Sat Puspani Prachasate. Prachaksate. That came from Astaka Prakarana 3 slash 9. See, the beautiful flowers mentioned in the above sloka with an exclamation point and an excellent grave, no, excellent aigu over the S, sloka, sloka. Anyway, uh, the beautiful flowers mentioned in the above sloka, nonviolence, truth, non-stealing, celibacy, non-possessiveness, devotion, austerities, and knowledge. Sounds a lot like the yamas and the niyamas, right? No coincidence there. Each flower will add to the fragrance of life. I mean, it was probably a Jain doing his kyotsarga, uh, who, who was like, you know, I've noticed if you stretch a little now and then, then... Uh, it helps you sit in perfect stillness. And they were like, <gasps> banish it. You, that is not counted among the exceptions. You're only allowed to sneeze and fart. And so he had to start a new tradition called yoga. Don't listen to me. That's not where yoga comes from. That's just me being silly and an ass in the, the old sense. An ass, you know, like in the Bible. Um, so, each flower will add to the fragrance of life. It is when one worships with these flowers from deep within. Ah, the flowers are non-violence, truth, non-stealing, celibacy, non-possessiveness, devotion, austerities, and knowledge. Ah, they're metaphorical flowers. How cool. Okay, all right, I'm with, I'm with you. I'm all caught up. Um... It is when one worships with these flowers from deep within. Um, and not just with superficial actions that one becomes a true devotee. All right, cool. Uh, true worship consists of speaking truth, following the vows, abstaining from harsh speaking words. I'm sorry, guys. Adopting celibacy. Conquering passions. All right, I'll go back. Nurturing pure thoughts. Inculcating the habit of equanimity for all beings. Ooh. 
inculcated any equanimity lately? Mm-hmm. Sorry. And staying away from greed. Um, when the fragrance of these flowers and thoughts and feelings permeate every pore of the heart, uh, you can be sure that you are on the right path to becoming a true devotee of the Lord and your worship is becoming powerful. These are the flowers that are dear to the Lord. So he must be worshipped with what is dear to him. Capital H, but G as lowercase God. Reverse that. It is only with it is only the mutual, I was gonna say mutilated, but no. It is only the mutual relationship between devotee and the Lord, and the process of worship itself that can elevate life. When the great Basma lay on the bed of arrows in his final hours, he asked for a pillow to support his head, that no arrows that had no arrows under it. People ran helter-skelter to ease his pain with soft pillows, yet he refused all and asked for Arjuna. Arjuna, who worshipped his Basma Pitsamaha, knew that it would only be a pillow of arrows that would befit the greatness of the man. He shot three arrows into the earth under Bhima's head and gained his guru's blessings. All right. Okay. Um, um, Yes. All right. Where were we? Yes. This is a poignant story that reiterates the importance of offering one's Lord only that which is most befitting to him. Not what he asks for. The moral of the story is a little odd. Thank you all for joining me on this roundabout journey to finally arrive in a month or so at the Tirtankaras. And uh, thank you for tolerating my silliness, if you indeed are tolerating my silliness. If you're enjoying it, well, even better. Hi, Robbie. Um, any, anything else? Thank you to all those who provided the honking and the jackhammer today. The people of Sant Nagar. Um, it's the name of the area where I am. Okay, well, I guess that's it for today. Um, yeah, so we'll close. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Sadly, for a lot of folks, the uh, Dalai Lama was canceled when he made a sort of 
joke about, well, if I was going to reincarnate as a female, she better be attractive, otherwise what's the point? <laughs> and people were like, what? We thought you were enlightened. And he was like, oh, well, I was just making a joke. It makes more sense in Tibetan. You know, I'm sorry, you know, I'm an old guy. Uh, and they were like, that wasn't an apology. So, uh, you guys know about the Karmapa? By you guys, I mean you guys. So, yeah. Netflix, get in touch with the Karmapa. Put a show together. Save your company. Just saying. <clears throat> Until next time.